creator content has been so effective and so popular over the last year that we see more and more often that brands are neglecting to create content they can use further down their funnel and or on their post-click experience. Creator content obviously does a really good job at getting people's attention, but once they actually view that content, we're obviously going to retarget these prospects through remarketing and retargeting efforts. And that is where you need content that goes beyond just grabbing people's attention and communicating what the product is, what it does, and why you should trust us as a brand and buy from us. And that's where high quality content serves its purpose. Switching gears from how do we get their attention to how do we get their trust? Do you ever listen to the D2C podcast and think, oh man, I wish I could just hang out with these people in Las Vegas for two days? Well, good news, D2C listeners, because you can C-Suite Las Vegas Mastermind is happening March 23rd, 24th in Las Vegas. We're about halfway sold out at the time of this recording with some of just the most interesting brands. We're going to put about 100 brands in a room are going to be programming some amazing content with some amazing speakers. We've got all these different interactive networking and relationship building type events. We're even booking a hot LA comedian to come in and do an hour and they'll probably roast me. You don't want to miss this once in a lifetime opportunity to hang out with the D2C crew, the Pilot House crew, a bunch of our favorite speakers and all the mentors that we've programmed for you. You don't want to miss it. Go to directtoconsumer.co slash events and lock in your ticket while they're still available. It's all killer, no filler. This is the D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick, and today we are here with marketing manager Nikita from Pilot House, as well as trusty co-host Cam. Let's talk a little bit about the creative trends that we saw dominate 2022. I think two weeks ago, we launched a bit of a, a retrospective on Meta for 2022. So let's look at the lifeblood of Meta, which is creative. Cam, from a high level, what did we see across creative in 2022 that's working into 2023? Yeah, 2022 was a really interesting year. That question brings me back to iOS 14, uh, apocalypse, whatever you want to call it, when at that time the messaging was uh, all around the power of creative and what it was going to be last year. And I feel like a lot of that rings true. You know, prep for this podcast, we were looking over some stats just within the agency at Pilot House. And I think we saw volume of content creation really increase um, for the partners that we're working with. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that, but like some really, really cool stats. Like we created over 26,000 unique pieces of content for the clients that we work with, um, which is like up and down the Empire State building five times for anyone who needs a visual. I thought that was pretty cool. But we've talked about this before on the podcast, but in 2022, I really think brands that were able to create content at a high velocity thrived. And what I mean by that is we've, we've, I think we've said this formula before, but like velocity and how we use the term velocity is like a combination of speed and quality. If you can create content quickly and you can create high quality content or at least quality and aligned with your goals, then I think you're able to unlock performance. And the brands that were able to do that, that we worked with really did well. So it's like some quick stats here, highest performing accounts, you know, are running anywhere from 10 to 20 contrasts per week. So that's like 50 pieces of content, give or take. Obviously, that's not a one size fits all, but the brands that were creating a lot of content had a really strong year in terms of their performance. And I mean, really high level stat. We talked about this in September too. Like Dave and Nate did a great spiel. I think we actually had a podcast that we pushed back out a replay around Christmas time, but high level trend uh, ad costs at the end of last year up marginally. Tracking obviously was impacted in 2022 and we generally saw 
less qualified users, or I shouldn't even say less qualified. Like I feel like the performance normalized in 2022 or towards the tail end of 2022. And that all of that to be said, the creative really was the biggest lever for brands. And when we talk about it all the time, um, but I think that, that at the high level is the biggest trend from the last year. And when you say quality, quality comes so much down to communication and strategy when it comes, like you do want to create contrast tests sometimes, we've got two very different things. But then when you find winning aspects, you want to be able to apply those winning concepts to future create, really get smart about how you optimize your creative. And so just give, I think I think most people understand in the audience what a contrast test is, but just understand when you say 10 to 20 contrasts per week, explain exactly what that means. Yeah, we talked about it on one of the last few podcasts, right? Like the pilot test. Um, what I, when you're setting up some initial creative testing, it's really important to set it up in a way that you can isolate variables, whether that be your headline, whether it be your ad copy, or with, whether it actually be variables within the piece of content itself. So if it's an image, like change the words, change the color, change the product, but do it in a way that you can actually understand how the changes are impacting performance. So when we talk about contrast testing, we're talking about you know changing of small variables in a way in a controlled environment where we can understand the impacts that those are having on the performance of the campaigns. Down to the, you know, obviously the ad text, but obviously the image as well. And and with that ability to alter all sorts of aspects of the image to really make it work best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the user-generated content as well. Nikita, speaking of UGC or creator-generated content, what's sort of working top of funnel right now for D2C brands? We've seen a huge uptick, I would say, over the last six months to a year, um, and people really taking off with green screen content, like more so than we ever have. And I think a big thing has been that brands have become much more open to testing a little bit of what we call scrappier content. Um, and it's just different videos that we can pump out quickly, but they are super authentic and they connect with people and they just look, like I said, authentic and organic. So when people are scrolling, it doesn't look like an ad, which is kind of our main goal. And so that's something we've really seen take off lately. Green screen creative. I, you know, I, th- I actually wasn't thinking about that when you were talking about CGC or creator generated content. So you're, you're speaking specifically about people that are showing the product as a screenshot in their background or showing other things as in their background? Exactly. And it's a super easy way for people to visualize something with them while still seeing a creator talk. So it gives that extra little bit of dynamic um, aspects to it. And it's, like I said, super easy for brands to put together, super easy for creators to put together. And it's been something that we've seen work. And it can be photos in the background. It can be videos in the background. You can really curate it to be exactly what you need. And because it's what people are used to seeing in their feed so much, it, it has that native appeal that, that kind of bypasses a few of those ad detectors. Totally does, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that is the biggest trend of last year is just generally an uptick in video content in everyone's ad account based off of the changes in how people are actually using and consuming content on these apps. I mean, I don't think I've ever not opened my Instagram app over the last six months where within the first probably 10 seconds of using it, I hop over into Reels because everyone is just using it to consume video content. So... We've seen the exact same effect in terms of how the ratio has changed. Um, and it's not the same for every ad account, but the majority of them, you're seeing some ad accounts that are being filled up with video content, you know, north of like 50, 60, 70% versus in a decrease in image-based content. Um, it, it, again, it, it, it's different for every brand, but I think people want to see content 
that doesn't feel and look like an ad. So, you know, creator content has been super effective for making people uh, not feel like they're being advertised to and being entertained. I think I just hadn't thought, now that I think about it, almost every ad that I see is green screen. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are using it. But if you're out there and you're, you're trying to create ads like this, make sure you just throw up a green screen. Give that one a test. I was curious, Nikita, you had a note here a little bit about how the, the team at Pilot House has changed a little bit to really deliver more, like sort of better results. And, the, and I guess the question is, what is the hardest part about getting the velocity that you need of this creator-generated content? I would say the hardest part, and it really is something you have to work at, would be honestly just building those relationships with the creators because it comes down to so many things. The biggest issue that we faced when we first started with all of this was our turnaround times. And that's the biggest thing that a lot of companies face is it's figuring out who to hire, how to hire them, you know, how can you be sure you're going to get solid content from somebody, right? Nobody wants to go and spend a ton of money to get content back that they can't use. So the biggest issues that we, I definitely think, have overcome has just been making sure that we build the relationships with the correct people. So we know that we have reliable content coming in. It drastically increases how fast we can turn around content back and get new ads sourced. So that, I think for sure, it's just a matter of building relationships and building a network, which is something we've really worked hard to do. So how many sort of creatives are we working with on a monthly basis at this point? So our creator network as a whole, um, it started off as probably close to a thousand creators we were working with. And over the last couple of years, we have narrowed it down to a group of creators that we would kind of call our best of the best. And those are the people we work with on an ongoing basis. Um, so that's kind of where we started. And then Pilot House is now, we've picked our favorites of that group and they actually work with us in-house. Um, and so we have, I would say, I think it's four creators that work in-house with us that really help us to increase that velocity to make sure we can get out everything that we need and really meet the needs of our clients. And they get folded into that whole performance process where they're getting communications about the variations to make and potentially what to add from this, you know, performance marketer's mindset that you're not always going to be able to get across to someone that you're just doing a, a one-off deal with. Exactly. They know the brands inside and out. They know the products inside and out. And they have really close, constant communication with the people that they need to. And it's really, really, we've seen a huge increase in the quality of the content. Yeah, everybody's been super happy with it and we've seen great results. Right now, you're probably looking at conversions in Facebook or Google ads thinking, why doesn't the data line up with my actual sales? Why doesn't more spending bring more customers? What ads are even working? With Northbeam's first-party data and cutting-edge AI, you'll know what ads generated every dollar of revenue across all your channels, all in one platform. Frankly, the best marketers on earth use Northbeam. It's one of our favorite tools and the industry leader in marketing attribution. Visit northbeam.io to see why and mention this podcast for a special deal only for D2C listeners. Obviously, creator-generated content is taking over when it comes to top of funnel, probably every part of the funnel, honestly. But what it leads me to wonder is what is the place for like higher quality, branded, sort of studio-driven content in the, the funnel in 2023? I don't know if there's a one-size-fits-all solution, but like I will say what we see a pilot house is, I think creator content has been so effective and so popular over the last year that we're, we see more and more often that brands are neglecting to create content on a regular basis that they can use further down their funnel. 
um, and or on their post-click experience. Creator content obviously does a really good job at getting people's attention or if at least feeling like it natively fits into their feed or like user experience on the app. Um, but once they actually view that content, we're obviously going to retarget all of these prospects through re- remarketing and retargeting efforts. And that is where you need content that goes beyond just grabbing people's attention, communicating what the product is, what it does, and why you should trust us as a brand and buy from us. And that's where high quality content serves its purpose. There's also examples of brands that use it, you know, top of funnel. Like I think of um, Zamanos, like if you have a higher tier, higher AOV, building trust upfront can also be a play too. Like they create some bomb ads and right off the bat, you're like, I want this damn suitcase. That's a killer suitcase, elite level suitcase. So there's always going to be examples of brands that need it upfront too. But generally speaking, that's where we see this like studio level content be most effective for brands. Building trust on the product display page, on sales pages. Like I think it is, we preach it all the time, but building out these sales page experiences, I could just see there, there being more room for like really high end studio shots of, of some of your stuff that really builds that trust, right? Yeah. Um, like I got a note here as you're mapping out what your funnel looks like and just generally speaking, scheduling content, like my note here is make sure you're thinking, putting yourself in, in, your, in your consumers and buyer's shoes and switching gears from how do we get their attention to how do we get their trust. And like just like I said, I think that's where this higher level content really becomes effective. So okay, great, they've actually clicked on the ad, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get a landing page experience load through the app what are you doing to get their trust? It's going to be a combination of imagery, video, and social proof. Like That's basically all you've got on a landing page experience to build trust. And if you drop the ball with your, you know, your, your photography uh, and any kind of video content you've got, it's just a missed opportunity. And lots of brands are doing a really good job, but we still see brands come across our desk that there's lots of room for improvement. Do we have any examples of a client that had sort of upgraded imagery uh, that went from sort of more standard imagery to upgraded imagery and actually sort of proved ROI? Um, so we actually had a jewelry brand. One of our content managers, she noticed that there was a trend across their account where nothing was really performing outrageously well. And she also noticed that there didn't have any sort of high quality imagery to run. So she actually talked to our studios team and we set up an internal photo shoot for them and pumped out some new images for Valentine's Day. And from that, using those high quality images that they have not tested anything similar to, they actually saw an increase in ROAS um, in the first three days of running the new images. So that's a great example of how really making sure you've got well-rounded content um, is a great way to see changes in your account. I'm also excited. I hear we've got a swipe file. I don't know if I've ever, I've been in marketing for so long and I don't know that I've ever compiled or given away a swipe file. They just sound so cool. Uh, what can you tell us about the swipe file that will be linked in the, the show notes here? So we've got a swipe file for everyone. <laughs> no, as part of this, this process of doing a bit of like a retrospective on content over the last year, what we did was we just pulled together some of the top performing angles, uh, formats for, for content over the last year. And within each angle and format, we've got a few different examples that honestly we want to just give to the DTC audience for free in hopes that it inspires their teams to come up with some new content and push into their ad accounts. So we're going to be uh, making that available. So we can probably include the link to that in the show notes and we'll, we'll definitely send it out uh, in the newsletter. So check it out. Nice. Is there anything else we want to chat about today? 
tying back to where we started this conversation, um, I think heading into 2023, the brands that are going to continue to thrive like they did last year are the brands that are equipped to move quickly with their creative and brand teams. And the difference is going to be the brands that have the resources or are working with a third party in a way that allows them to get information and get it into the hands of whether it be creatives, creative teams, and or designers so they can move fast and create content like we were talking about are the going to be the ones that continue to thrive. And we see a lot of brands who invest big budgets a few times a year. And what I think will see it become more and more of a trend is brands investing smaller amounts of money throughout the year to support their, their marketing efforts instead of having this roller coaster effect all the way through the year. If you can create a lot of content more regularly and find creative ways to basically leverage them to their fullest ability. So like do all of the variable and contrast testing that we were talking about. Those are the brands that are going to do really, really well in, in the upcoming year when it comes to their content. And do dark posting and white dark posting, whitelisting. We've just started testing it on the D2C account and it's showing some early dividends. So if you see an ad coming from me, uh, we're just testing. I mean, that's a good note. Like we, I don't, we didn't really touch on it here, but I will say we've talked about it for the last two years on this, on this podcast, you know, the power of third parties uh, and dark posting and, and um, whitelisting. For sure, that was a trend last year and it will continue to be a trend uh, as like influencers and creators get more and more, like, you know, uh, real estate within, within the feeds. Um, so if, you, if you're a brand and you're not, currently dark posting or whitelisting or thinking about how to work with third parties to advertise like your products, definitely something that you should be thinking about. Um, and of course, like we're happy to help navigate that conversation. But yeah, it's a superpower for brands who want to um, just advertise from a different perspective, different angle, different party. It's almost, it's, it's definitely, an, uh, would you call it an essential feature of this whole idea of velocity? Because it just gives you that ability to like obviously the people are using this creative content on their own brand's handle as well, but that ability to create that ripple effect of these other voices, I find just an absolute, like a really important part of this. Well, I mean, we were sitting in a room, what, 50 people at your C-suite event in September. And I think that was a question, like how many people are dark posting or whitelisting content in some shape or form. And like, definitely it was the majority of people in the room, like are doing it in some way. Um, and the, the value is 100% there. I mean, just think about every time I go on, my Instagram, like you're going to get hit with uh, a non-branded handle talking about a product. It's just so much more effective top of funnel to hear that come from a person versus a brand. And it goes back to that organic feel that we talked about earlier, right? When it's looking like it's coming from a person as opposed to a brand, you're much less likely to notice it's an ad right off the bat, which is generally where you get those longer watch times and the more interaction and more engagement. Um, I think that's another reason why it's been so popular. 2023 is the year of CGC and Velocity. It rhymes, so it's true. I hear some rumblings. We're going to be doing an upcoming podcast on uh, AI creative versus a human creative, so I'm very eager to to get in on that. I'm working on some AI imagery right now, and what a fun process that is. But so, so stick around for that. Make sure you check out the swipe file that you'll find in the link to the show. Let us know what you think of it. Feel free to drop me a line, Eric, at directtoconsumer.co. Let me know what you think of this swipe file, whether you're able to put it to use. And otherwise, yeah, we'll see you on the next All Killer No Filler. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's All Killer No Filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.